Welcome to the NARPM Podcast, where we bring you the most in-depth look into the property management industry. We discuss hot topics with property managers, vendors, and those that support the property management industry. The National Association of Residential Property Managers is the recognized leader in property management. Our host is Pete Newbig, co-founder of Empire Industries Property Management and co-founder and CEO of VPM Solutions, where property management meets global talent. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are that of the host and are not necessarily those of NARPM. Now, here's your host, Pete Newbig. Welcome to the NARPM Podcast, and thank you for joining us today. However you may be listening, iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, or through any other podcast platform, thank you for being here. I'm your host, Pete Newbig, and we have a great show today. We have Liz Clayman with Grace Property Management in Denver, Colorado, and the NARPM 2022 president. Liz Clayman, MPM, RMP, is an executive property manager at Grace Property Management in Denver, as well as the broker owner of Blue Sale Property Management in Jacksonville, Florida. Her focus is on single family homes, and she has worked with hundreds of investors, both large and small, over her 14 years of experience. Liz has served NARPM since 2012 and is the national president for 2022. In her spare time, she loves spending time with her family, playing golf, and exploring the Rocky Mountains. Liz has been married for 22 years and has three children. And Liz is very young looking. So she, she's from Florida. So she probably did get married at 12 years old or something like that. Like, you know how they do in Florida. <laughs> We're going to speak to Liz here in a few minutes. But first, let's get a quick word from our sponsors before our hot topic. Scaling your business means juggling many moving parts, leaving you wondering how to manage it all. How can you keep your eye on growth and streamline your operations? At RentBridge, we've created the Property Management Operating System, an ecosystem for property management marketing and process automation, where you can view and take action on the most important aspects of your operations, from sales and new owner onboarding to leasing, collections, renewals, and more. By bringing operations and marketing under one platform, you can have end-to-end visibility of your owners, tenants, and vendors from the first moment they interact with you, allowing you to add more doors with less effort and scale a truly profitable property management business. To learn more, visit rentbridgegroup.com today. Did you know that most tenants struggle to come up with a large sum of money needed to move into their new rental home? Let Renters Insurance Solutions help you solve this problem by giving tenants another option for security deposits. Property managers can make up to $200 per door annually with our programs. Learn more at our website, yourris.com. That's Y-O-U-R-R-I-S.com. Renters Insurance Solutions, your experts in property management and insurance. PestShare, a pest control amenity for your resident benefits program. Starting at just $5 per door, you can give your residents the pest control coverage they need. PestShare will even pay for the expensive infestations like bedbugs and cockroaches. End the debate over who pays for pest control, while PestShare turns an expense into added revenue. For more information, check out their website at pestshare.com forward slash property managers. All right, welcome back for our hot topic, which I like saying that. So my hot topic today is answer the phone. 
as a as a customer in neither either in our industry or other industries across this great country of ours, when you call the company, you get one of these call trees now, and the experience that customers have as soon as they call your 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 phone and you, and it's answered by a call tree, that experience just goes down and it gets degraded, and they're already now they're already upset because now they want to just talk to a human being. Right now, the funny thing is they don't they don't necessarily need to talk to a human being to get the answer. They just want to talk to a human being that could direct them in the right direction. So I know in our industry, we get bombarded by lots of phone calls, right? Especially the lease line. The lease line is probably the biggest one that will take up majority of your calls. My recommendation is you hire a third party company that can answer your lease line for you. Now that takes away the big chunk of your call. So now all you have is hopefully residents, owners, and prospective clients giving you a call. And then the next thing would be, okay, well, now I have somebody and I only have one office person. Well, if that person has to go to the restroom or is out sick, how do we answer the phone? Well, I recommend you hire some virtual assistants and you have your voice over IP phone system go from your person that's answering the phone and then they're the backups. And the, when they answer the phone, they say, it's a great day at blank, blank, blank property management company. How may I direct your call? And all they have to be taught at that time is when somebody calls and complains about something, they just know where to direct it. Cause in the phone tree, I hit one, two, four, eight, nine, whatever. I'm on the phone tree for 15 minutes. And then I finally get somebody's voicemail. All right. And so at least they're getting answered. The call's getting answered. What I recommend is that they then check on what phone, what type of call is it? Is it from an owner? Is it from a resident? And if it's an owner, what type of call is it? Is it because it's a accounting question, a maintenance question, whatever it is. So this way you can figure out how many calls are coming in from owners and residents and what's the main driver. So now you can do something about it. Maybe there's some messaging that's wrong when you're sending out emails and it's forcing phone calls. I can tell you at Empire, we caused a lot of our own challenges. We sent like books of emails to owners when they did something, trying to tell them all the stuff that we're doing. And all it just did was confuse them. And then of course, at the end of the email it said, if you want more information, call us. We're literally telling people to call us. And then I'm like, why are people calling us? Right. And, and so we actually had a phone tree and I can promise you the most complaints we got online or with the BBB communication communication is the number one thing. And just because your phone tree answers doesn't mean that you're actually communicating with that, with that owner or that resident, but having somebody answer the phone, directing the call to the right person, they have a much better experience. So utilize or spend, you know, invest some money into a VA or two or into people that can answer the phone. You'll, your customers will get a much better experience and, and it will reduce the number of complaints that you get internally and unfortunately, externally. All right. So Liz, sorry you had to listen to that, my ranting and raving, but we have Liz claiming here. So Liz, thank you for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. All right. So Liz, you have volunteered at NARPM in numerous capacities for almost 10 years now, culminating in the national president in 2022. Congratulations. I did vote for you. How has volunteering at NARPM impacted you and your business? Wow, such a great question. So NARPM has made a difference in my life, both personally and professionally. Professionally, NARPM has the top-notch education for property managers. We have the designations in place for MPM, RMP, CRMC, so many different options. And then personally, you meet people along your journey, including you, Pete. You and I served together on the national board, and I learned a lot from you during our friendship during that time. At conferences, meeting people, 
sitting at the table, eating lunch, even getting in the elevators. There's so many opportunities to meet people and to grow from those relationships. And knowing people across the country is also a great benefit because you keep up with the pulse of property management. Things that are happening in California are moving towards Colorado. Things on the East Coast kind of spread that way. So it's kind of great to see a bigger picture in that aspect. So obviously you, you get to meet so many people, so you get to learn a bunch more and then you can impl implement that into your business. And Absolutely. of course, if you have any challenges, you just pick up the phone and you can call somebody in almost any state. Any state at all. And everyone's willing to share which is just, that's just amazing. That, that right there is the amazing thing at NARP. When you go to other, I talk to other people in other trades and they're like, that doesn't happen. Like it, that is a NARPM thing. All right. So can you give us a sneak peek as to what are some of the items that NARPM leadership is focusing on in 2022? Oh, absolutely. We're so excited for those of you that were at convention. The theme for 2022 is pivot into the future. We've had a rough couple of years with COVID and all the changes, especially legislative changes. So pivoting into the future is what we're gonna focus on. And for our strategic plan, which runs 2022-2023, we hired an outside consulting company and they did such a fantastic job. They did focus groups. They spoke to NARPA members individually. They did a survey for all of the NARPA members. So everyone really had a voice in the direction that NARPA is gonna take in the next two years. As far as the actual plan, I believe that will be published coming into 2022, but it's all things that the NARPA members voiced their wants and needs, and that's what we're going to focus on going into the future. And that's the first time they've done that, right? Where they actually actually brought, I know they brought in third-party consultants for the strategic plan in the previous years, but this is the first time they actually went out and talked to a bunch of different members. Do you know if they talked to members in all different parts of the states? or like different property sizes on what they're on their management company size or anything like that. Do you know if there was anything like that or was it all hush hush? No, it was definitely hush hush as far as we don't know who they talked to individually, but we do know that there were focus groups. There was large business focus groups, small business focus groups. I believe there were focus groups on newer members and then focus groups on members that have been in 10 years or more. So they really tried to hit everything across the board to get a full scope of what the members were wanting NARP, the direction NARPM wanted to take. Nice. So when this rolls out, we're doing this podcast in December, but this is going to probably roll out in February. You still, you're going to, you're going to keep tight lipped, huh? Not, not, you're going to roll it out in January. Give us a little, a little, little something, something for the, for the team. For the so right now, right now, the facilitators are meeting with the committee chairs because really guys, what it comes down to is the committee chairs do all the work. So if you are not on a committee and you want to get involved in NARPM, I really highly recommend you join a committee. There's so many to pick from. I was on member services for three years and going into 2022 member services is going to have their plate full because there's a lot of things the members wanted. They're going to fall into their wheelhouse. So right now the facilitators are meeting with the committee chairs, trying to get everything kind of orchestrated at this point. That's a great point, Liz, because if you are a member, and you want to see change, and you want to make an impact on NARPM, believe it or not, the member committee chairs and just being in a service, right? The committee chairs and just being in the committee itself, they actually have the most impact. They make the most change. It's so great. So you said I served in a lot of capacities, and I absolutely did. At the local level, I did communication chair, affiliate chair, education, on up to chapter president. 
Um, state level, I served as affiliate chair for conferences, which was super great to get to meet all the affiliates in that capacity. And then uh, member services for three years, financial committee for one year. And the committees is really where you get to see the big picture of NARPA. Like you said, the change happens there and it's true. Once you get to RBP, you're supporting those chapters, which is super great because you have that experience that you've seen along the journey. And then executive board, you're, you're not in the trenches anymore. You're not doing the work. You're just kind of watching everything happen. And those committee chairs are the ones getting it done. So I do recommend get involved with committee. It's such a great experience. All right, Liz, let's, let's pivot. So thank you for giving back to NARPM in all those capacities. But let's pivot. So how did you get started in property management? Oh, wow. So I had a neighbor who was running a property management company out of his home. He was retired military and it was his you know, second, second career, if you will. And it was him and one other gentleman. And I started doing their marketing. So I was posting their, basically posting their ads on Craigslist, updating their website, doing their newsletters, things like that for three or four years. And then I finally took the plunge. My youngest was heading to middle school. And so I took the plunge, got licensed. And what a time it was. Right when I got licensed, we took on a contract that purchased 500 homes in six months and there's only two property <laughs> managers. So I learned- File by fire, huh? So much, so much. I learned, I basically became a GC because I was overseeing all the maintenance for all these make readies. I was knocking on doors for homeowners that had gone into foreclosure, handing them rental applications and turning them into tenants. There was so much going on. So it was a great experience. Those first six months, I learned more than a lot of people do in five years for sure. Wow. So when we spoke, you always tell me that you like the, the business development aspect of the business. So I'd like to make this podcast, the guts of it, to talk more about that. Like the, let's Because uh, I think it's underserved in, in most of the podcasts. A lot of it's more operational or real high level. So tell us a little bit about your, your sales process, right? So a lead comes in and we all know marketing and sales is different. So the marketing people go do their little gnome things in the back end. And then all of a sudden, somebody calls you. Now, first question I have to ask, you just heard my rant. When somebody calls you, is the phone actually answered or does it go to a phone tree? So I do have a direct extension and it does ring my cell phone. So I would say I'm pretty good at answering when my extension rings. And I love the rant that you gave because it's so true. And I'm going to beg you back on that really quick. If we need an HVAC person and we need it then, or let's say plumbing, I'm going to call people until they answer the phone. I'm not going to leave a message. And the same people that want to find a property manager, they have a pain point. They have a problem that they want to solve and they're not going to keep calling somebody and leaving messages, they're going to call until somebody answers the phone. So I, I do. I answer the phone when my extension rings. It's very convenient with the the phone systems we have today. It can ring our cell phone. We can work from absolutely anywhere. Once that phone rings, it is. I am old school, just like you talked about writing things down in a notebook. I write everything down. I write the date, why, who who they were referred by. I take all this information in as soon as they start talking so that I can keep track of it. And I make, so do you have, do you have scripts that, that you've kind of just learned over the years? Like, so you're not just asking like, like interviewing them, right? You're interviewing them, but that they don't even realize it. Is that, is that how it works? Is it? hundred percent. I'm interview, interviewing them more than they're interviewing me. And really it starts out with just a few words. Tell me a little bit about your situation. That's all I say. Tell me a little bit about your situation. 
and they just rant for five, 10 minutes, however long their situation takes to explain. And I'm just taking notes because in response, you're going to go two different directions. You could be talking to an investor who has 30 homes and they've been managing for 30 years, or you could be talking to a sweet little couple who just bought their first home and they're getting transferred to Texas. And all of a sudden they're accidental landlords. Those are going to be two completely different conversations. So with getting that information up front, you're building that trust, building that relationship and knowing how to gear that conversation. Now you write everything down, but eventually does that go into a computer system? It does. It does. (laughs) So (laughs) I write everything down, everything. If they say their daughter's getting married in three weeks, I write it down so that when I call them back to follow up, I can say, how was the wedding? I mean, talk about bonus points, but I don't put that into the computer system and spreadsheets and such. So the personal stuff kind of stays in my notebook with me, but the larger stuff does go into the, into the system. So we can do drip drip campaigns and things like that. What right there is really interesting though. You, uh, you personalize it, right? How many property managers or salespeople are calling you while you're in the sales business, the sales process and saying, Hey, how'd that wedding go? Or Hey, happy birthday, by the way, or whatever it is. That's really good to, uh, to build that relationship. On the Absolutely. front end, this is a really of course, your operations teams kind of ruin it, especially the, right after they onboard them. But we'll, we're not talking about that today. <laughs> so what software system you, based what, business? I mean, you're basically you're managing their largest asset. So they have to like and trust you right away. So you have to build that within the first call. Now, how many calls do you think or on average is it taking for you to close somebody? You know, it depends on where they are. A lot of times the investors, especially the smaller ones, are pretty reaching out pretty far in advance. So they're reaching out going, oh my gosh, I'm moving in three months. So those you're going to have to follow up and kind of nurture for that time period until they make that plunge. But then you have the ones that are kind of in a hurry. And honestly, I can definitely close a deal within one phone conversation, have the doc sent over to them via DocuSign and everything signed same day. So it's going to depend on their timeline. And that's a conversation you have with them in that initial contact as well. Okay. Do you track any of sales numbers? So I do not track any KPIs right now. Okay. All right. So are you in a company that is high growth, low growth, medium growth? Like what is the, what is the goal of the company? Cause at empire, we were like growth, 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 right? So we tracked everything and, and all that good stuff, but not every company's like that. Right. So what do you over at grace and over at, uh, was it blue? Blue sale. Blue sale. Yeah. So sure. uh, are they both high growth, low growth? What, what kind of growth? So that's a good question. So grace has been around for 43 years and is sitting right at a thousand doors. So they're a little bit more picky about the properties they're bringing in. So we literally are interviewing those investors more than they are interviewing us. And there's three questions at the end of the day. Are they financially sound? Are they mentally sound? And, you know, are they going to be a good client for us? So Grace would be a little bit more picky as far as the properties being brought in. And I, I mean, (laughs) when we talk about tracking it, I said, I have my notebook and I have their page. I'll put an X at the top. (laughs) saying don't call them back and then blue sale blue sales just getting started just open their doors in 2021 so we're going to be a little more open to taking some of the properties that you would take as a movie versus somebody that's been in the business for over 40 years okay so let's talk grace real quick so obviously every company needs to grow because if you're not growing you're dying right so i don't know any company that says well i just want to stay at these these thousand doors because i'm never going to lose a client right we know we're going to lose clients due to either unhappiness or sales especially right now it's sales so do they have is there an expectation that you have to bring in so many properties per per month 
And so are they tracking that as, hey, your quota, if you will, is 10 properties a month or 15 properties a month or anything like that? That's a great question. So churn is definitely very real. And that's where your numbers kind of stay equal. As far as growth, I would say two doors a week is pretty average for Grace. So they're yeah. averaging about eight doors a month. Eight doors a month. And my guess is that for every eight doors you take, there's probably 18 that you're denying. <laughs> you're probably right. You know, you have the, the tire kickers, we call them, the ones that are just calling around getting the pricing. And the ones that want the lowest pricing are maybe not the best fit for some companies. And we are in an industry to where now we're seeing everyone putting their pricing on their websites. We're not as secretive about it as it was when I first started many years ago. And I like that. I like being open, telling all the pricing in that first conversation, setting expectations, because then you can explain the value as well. We're not the least expensive. We're not the most expensive, but let me tell you why we're the best. And that's the conversation that you can have. Now, from your perspective as a salesperson, do you like the percentage based or the flat fee or the, the tiered pricing model? What, what, what's the, where do you fall in on that side of, of the argument? You know, Pete, so I have only been experienced with the percentage base. Okay. And blue sale is percentage based. Did you see that one with percentage base? Yep, it is as well. So at Empire, we started off, we started off. So like there's a life cycle in your business, right? Like blue sale is like in diapers right now. And you're going to take pretty much, you're going to, there's going to be red flags on an owner, but you're going to take them anyway. You're going to take the guy who wants the cheapest, you know, and you're the cheapest and you'll take it. At Empire, I used to call, I used to call us the crazy Eddie. And if any of you're from the Northeast, you know what crazy Eddie is, but I used to call us the crazy Eddie of property management. Our website was like one page. It was all white. It was like $50 a month. Like that's all we charged. Right. And then over so many years, once you start realizing, okay, we, we, we have more confidence in ourselves. Our marketing starting to work. We're starting to get a little bit better leads. And then what happened was that marketing mess was detrimental because we wanted better clients and we weren't, we weren't getting them. So then we revamped the site because we wanted to have a different image and we went, we went to percentage based, right? Then as we grew, and we saw that the, the market was changing, our industry was changing, and we actually started going to flat fee pricing, but tiered model. So if you want the gold, the bronze, or the, the silver type type deal, and we're, start, we're starting to see that. And it, the, the flat fee model really speaks to investors because they want to know their number mm-hmm. is, is what we were finding. So I didn't know if that was easier to sell or not. You know, I'm not on that side of business, but I'm, I'm told it's easier to sell when they know their number versus a percentage based. That makes sense. Cause I believe in the flat rate pricing, you're having everything rolled into one. So your annual inspection, all the extra fees are kind of rolled into that tier. So it is more of a black and white number. That does make sense. So now t- give me an example so this is great because you have the, the newbie company and you have the company that's been established for 43 years. So give me an example of a, of a property owner. Give me a red flag that at Grace, you're like, there's no way we're going to take this person. But at Blue Sale, you're like, eh, <laughs> we'll have to take this guy. Oh my gosh, that's so tough because honestly, there's some red flags I won't take either way. <laughs> okay, um. well, give, give us some red. So you've been doing this for a long time, Liz. So give us some red flags as a seasoned you know, as a seasoned BDM, what are some of the red flags that other people should be looking for that realize that at the end, this is, this is not a good client, regardless if I'm in diapers or I'm wearing depends. Number one red flag that I totally see is when you're having that initial contact with a, a prospect 
and they're talking about how much they need to pay their mortgage and their insurance and they're, <laughs> and they're itemizing. You don't know what to see them. They don't care what the comps are. <laughs> that makes me a little concerned that they're not going to be able. So that's when you have the conversation. I always try to have this conversation is you can expect to spend three times the monthly rent annually on repairs and vacancy. And if they still want to talk to me after I let them know that, then I know that they can handle it because you definitely don't want a landlord that's not going to be able to make those repairs in a timely manner. I'm not going to manage a property without the repairs being made. So the number one red flag would be those that are really worried about making their mortgage and making having the rent to make their mortgage. Another red flag would be, so you can manage any property as long as you have a good owner. So I don't mind managing, you know, C-class properties at all. I think they're fantastic as long as you have a good owner. So it's the owner you're really looking at, not the property. Right. That nugget right there is worth the listen. Right there. You can manage any property as long as you have the correct owner. Yes. I, I, that is eye-opening to me because I don't want to go to properties where I need to bring my nine millimeter and my flag jacket. But <laughs> Liz Clayman says that she can do it. If you have any you know, nasty properties in the Denver area, call or, or in Florida. <laughs> During daylight hours only will I visit those properties. You know, it's funny, moving here four years ago from Florida, I've been in Denver four years now, I guess I have blinders because the areas that when you grow up in a place, you say, that's a bad area, that's a bad area. Well, in my opinion, Denver really doesn't have any bad areas. Everything seemed pretty nice. <laughs> I'm sure people who grew up in Denver can probably point them out to you. But it, I, I still, I, I believe that that statement though is really true though. Because if you do have a, a tougher property and you have the right owner, if you say, hey, Mr. Owner, we need to sell this property, most likely they're going to take your guidance. And so you really can manage any property as long as you don't get shot on the approach to the property. So, <laughs> so uh, what are some questions that some of the owners may ask you that kind of like, okay, that, that's a red flag? Right. Like, like hey, I'm, how, like, I, need to, I know they keep, they'll say something like, I need this much money. Right. Are there anything else that you like, you like, huh? That's oh, really for sure. for sure. Like the guy that wants to do his own plumbing. <laughs> in place. That's indefinite. No, no go. Sorry, sir. I always follow up with, you know, while the tenants in place, we're only going to use license insured and, you know, folks, but during a turn while the property's vacant, if you'd like to go in and do some work yourself, you're more than happy to. <laughs> so, okay. So you, so that's something that you live by. You, you, you don't mind them if they do their own maintenance, as long as it's not occupied. Correct. As long as it's vacant. And I will not share the turn with them at all. If they're going to do the turn, they're doing the entire turn. If I'm going to do the turn, I'm doing the entire turn because then it turns into. Uh, I love that. So you just do the painting, Liz, and we're going to go ahead and do the cleaning and whatever, the, the maintenance or whatever, the minor maintenance. Then they're done that. Never turns out well. So yeah. It's all where you, it's where all were you five years ago when I needed that in piece of information right there? <laughs> it's all stuff we learned along the way, right? <laughs> That right there, again, that's it's another, that right there, that tidbit is another worth of a listen. If you are sharing make readies, stop it, right? Like, because those are the ones that you always end up, they always, they always bite you in the butt. Absolutely. hundred percent. So tell me, do you have like a certain, like what's a cold lead versus a, a warm lead or a hot lead? Do you do the cold, warm, hot leads or do you just do like opportunity, not an opportunity? What, what, are, what are some of the, like, how do you guys, how do you guys determine what your leads are? Well, with Grace, it's such a different ball game because Mark does such great videos. I mean, we have all seen a Mark Cunningham video, I'm sure. So if anybody has done any research whatsoever and been to the website before they call, it's the warmest lead ever. 
<laughs> like they're ready, almost ready to sign before they even talk to somebody because they've seen Mark's videos and they've seen the knowledge base that he's providing to his clients. So and- you guys have done an excellent job using the website as a conversion tool. Absolutely. And he has made so many changes to the website to make that even more of a tool by adding, you know, owner benefits, owner guarantees, pricing, things along that line. So that by the time they're actually picking up the phone and calling, most of their questions have already been answered by visiting the website. And that's why you can close deals in one phone call in most cases. So the time that you put into the website, because the website, you know, it's funny, most people think a website is a marketing tool. And I always tell people the website is not a marketing tool. It actually is a conversion tool because the website's not marketing, right? I can have, I can have a website out there, but no one knows how to get there. Right. So the marketing gets you to the website, the website gets you to convert. And then you make the phone call to Liz and then she crushes your dreams by telling you she's not going to take you. Uh, <laughs> but here's another person that we recommend, or she's going to take you and you're going to, and you're going to close. So it makes your job as a BDM that much easier. Yes. Absolutely. And I love, I mean, I've never heard it termed that way. That was very well put. It's a conversion tool. Yeah. So, uh, so then most of the leads you get are, are then really warm or hot leads and you're like, let saying I'm going to take them or not take them. But do you have some people like, and then of course there might be some, there might be some people that you have to put into a drip because they're not ready just yet. Like, have you had anybody say, Hey, I'm, I'm interested in using you as a property manager company, but I haven't bought a property yet. Yes, all the time. And I've had people, I mean, I've been with Grace for four years. I've had people call me from three years ago saying, hey, I talked to you three years ago. I'm ready now. I'm like, great. I'm pretty good at following up personally for about six months. <laughs> and then I, but the drip campaign does continue after I stop. So that's a good thing. So what, in your estimation, uh, how long should a drip campaign be? And how often should you be dripping the folks? Oh, that's good. So uh, um, initial contact, I go for three calls and I like to get the no. I, I, I like for them to have to tell me no. I used to not be able to handle no, <laughs> but now I, I, I make like a game, tell, huh? Yeah, now I make them tell me no. You tell me no. <laughs> <laughs> After that, I do think, you know, as far as a company newsletter, keep them on there forever. Because you never know when they're going to come back around and need some kind of service that you might so offer. So you, you, you have put all of your potential clients on the company newsletter regardless? Yes. And then they can opt out if they'd like. That's interesting. And then on, on the sales drip though, how, uh, how often do you guys drip in? Is it like once a month, once every two weeks? Is it once every 45 days? Do, do you know, or do you? I, uh, do I believe it's monthly. Monthly. Okay. I, I've read that after 45 days, they forget who you are. So you, at a minimum, you want to do at least once a month. And then I've read that it should be three times, the 75% is just communication, education, and then 25% is salesy. Okay. So that, that's what I've read, but I, I didn't know if, if, if you had heard or, or used anything differently. Another point too, and I, I mean, you might differ with opinions, but just put something out there. Don't stress about the actual, the, like every content that you're putting out because it's basically you're just getting your name back out there. Right. Right just, just, build, just build the drip basically. Exactly. Just build it out. And how long should it go out for? You guys go out for a year, 18 months. Is that pretty standard? Yes. Okay, cool. Now, one of the big challenges we have in our industry, and I don't know if you guys had this at Grace and at um, Blue Sale yet, but at Empire, we, we had this big challenge where the salespeople would, would, you know, get a deal, so to speak. And then they would 
I call it shoving it to operations and an operation had to take this deal, whether it was a bad owner or, a, or, a, or, a, or, or a terrible property or a combination of the two. How do you guys, or, or how do you, in your career, how did you solve that challenge? Cause it sounds like that everybody at Grace is okay with only getting eight properties, but go back to when you were growing your business early on and you, you know, you had this, I need to grow but I don't want to just grow to the point where I can't handle these people. Did you have, like, did you put any property qualifications in or owner qualifications? Like, how do you know, like when to do that handoff? And, and, and when you did have a property that you, the salesperson wanted, but OBS didn't, how did that, how did that get resolved? What a great question. And that is definitely a pain point. And there's many different opinions out there on how to handle that handoff. At Grace, it was, it was a warm handoff. So I would send an email from myself to the new clients, introducing their property manager. At the same time, they would reach out to the new client, introducing themselves. So it all happened kind of simultaneously. Before and I will that, have- Before that though, did the property manager see the property or get any information? About it? So they have no idea. You're just sending them and like, okay, I guess I got one, two, three Elm coming my way. 100%. So I would oversee it through the signing of the contract phase. And then I would share it with the new property manager that was now, assigned. Now surely, before you did the onboarding, Liz, surely you went to the property and reviewed it and looked at it. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Think about it. I probably haven't seen the property either. <laughs> but again, it comes down to we can manage anything with a good owner. Okay. So was Google Earth your friend, I'm guessing? Is yes, Google is definitely my friend, 100%. Okay. Now, that's another thing that I'm starting to see in our industry, though, is back in the day, you used to walk all the properties, the property managers, and, and old school property managers still want to walk all the properties. But now, which the salespeople, don't, they, they, they look on it. Yep, there's a house there. There's a structure there. And they're kind of taking the owner's like word for like what kind of condition it's in, right? Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, if you think... I. I've been doing this for 10 years, full-time license. And I would say I've only met 20% of my clients. <laughs> All right. So you do this kind of blind intro with these clients about this property to your property manager. And so because now everything is set up, they know that that's, that's the way that the process works. So they get this, they get this email and now tell me like 90% of the time, the house isn't the house is going to be fine and it's going to be, it's just going to be okay because you, you guys been coached on the, on the front end. But let's just say, for example, somebody brings in a eight unit apartment complex that Grace really doesn't bring, right? Or maybe Blue Cell doesn't want either. Now that property manager sees this eight unit apartment complex. <laughs> what happens here? So in the, in the Grace world, if Liz brought in something that somebody else didn't want, Liz managed it. So basically you have that in your head going, okay, if nobody's going to want this, I'm going to have to take it. So you don't want to bring on anything that somebody. Really I freaking love that. I don't know why I never thought of that. Okay. That's, that's the third drop that you just put there that just made this. Uh, I love that. Okay. So if nobody, if no PM takes it, you get it. Absolutely. Or you tell them no. Right. Okay. So they can ping it back to you then. Like, so when you do the email, if they kind of review it and it's not really in their wheelhouse, they can ping it back to you. Yes. hundred percent. How does it happen at blue sale? <laughs> <laughs> well, at blue sale and we have Henry Bauer. That sandwich. Sandwich. <laughs> and he'll take it. He'll be fine. <laughs> 
Hey, business is business at that point, right? We, we talked about being diapers and versus being in depends, right? Grace is in depends. They're, they're out there forever, right? Blue cells and diapers, right? <laughs> Empire was kind of like in their regular, you know, regular clothes. Oh my goodness. That's great. At the time. Yeah. All right. So, so that's how you guys can, I love that. Like at Empire, I had my director of operations, my director of sales, before I had that, it was actually Pete and Steve. Steve was in charge of sales. Pete was in charge of operations. I cannot tell you how many times that we had to have verbal arguments. Now, he always wanted to arm wrestle. And anybody knows Steve, he's like six foot four. I'm like five foot seven. He's like 260 pounds of muscle. So there was no way I was arm wrestling a guy over a property. This wasn't going to happen. So I, so we had to like, you know, come up and we created property kind of guidelines. And if it didn't hit those guidelines, and of course, you know, some stuff is, you know, easy, like that's black, this is white, and then there's a lot of gray. And so finally, we had to hire people to get us out of those chairs so that they can fight over it. <laughs> and that's what we did. But I love that, like, just have tell the BDM, no one takes it. He gets, she, he or she gets to, gets to manage it. That, that solves the problem. I love it. And that goes back to the, if you wouldn't manage it, why would you take it? Exactly. Exactly. It's putting my ownership in. So a lot of people that are listening to this, Liz, they are thinking of hiring a BDM. They, or they don't even know what a BDM is, business development manager or salesperson. And the biggest question that we used to get when people would ask us, because we had BDMs, like, how do you compensate? So how, how, what's, a, what's a couple of good structures that you've seen in your career on how BDMs could be compensated? And then also, second part is that, do you think BDMs should or could have assistance to help them through that whole sales process? Oh, that's a great question. So as far as compensation, um, in my experience, I've seen just a commission base. If you are departmentalized and you have staff, then you could do you know, um, salary plus commission. But in most cases, a BDM might just be a contractor, which makes them more of a commission-based employee or non-employee, if you will. As far as assistant, that's a great question because BDM is very, very time consuming. You're answering that phone first call. You're going to the property as quickly as possible. Luckily, or checking them on Google Earth. Or checking Google Earth. And luckily, you're doing contracts remotely 90% of the time. Very, very rarely is a BDM going and sitting at the kitchen table like they used to back in the day. Everything's pretty much done remotely. So, as far as an assistant, I think the assistant would most come into play on that warm handoff to the property manager that's going to be assigned. I'm thinking like, you know, you get a virtual assistant that could probably handle one to three BDMs. They can run the CMAs. They can do all of the, all the prep work. They could actually answer the phone since the, since the BDM should be on the phone on, on call sales calls. Mm -hmm. Right. So any new call comes in, VA gets it. They kind of go through some of their, some of the questionnaires and then they just set the meeting up for the BDM. And then they, they do all of the prep work. They check it out on Google Earth. They do this. They do that. You know, and they give it all to the to salesperson. In my experience, I found salespeople are their personality is great for for the gift of gab, and they're terrible at detail. Absolutely. 100%. So you hire you hire a detailed virtual assistant or assistant in the states, mm-hmm. and you let the salespeople do what they do. I actually got this from my business partner Steve, and I, I was very resistant to it. And then I saw it, and I'm like, oh my goodness, this makes so much sense. And we were able to close more deals, but more importantly, we were able to track everything. As a typical salesperson, one of the first questions I ask you, what do you track? You're like, I don't track anything, right? As long as I get my two doors a a week from Grace, I'm good, right? 
But if you had an assistant, I promise you, your whole sales process would probably be trackable. If, you know, if not, you may not look at the numbers, but they'd be trackable. <laughs> You're absolutely right. And you have to surround your, yourself with people who have strengths and your weaknesses because together you make the full team. Another drop of knowledge right there. Liz, you've, you've actually, I've been doing this for a long time and you gave me three or four things just in this, just in this interview that I'm like, how come Liz never told me? I spent so much time with Liz claiming in all these ENARPM events and I never, never really interviewed. Like you really don't ask questions. So um, I'll say this, like when you do go to a conference, things that are on top of your mind, ask people how they do it. Ask them, ask them, ask them. And you'll get those answers at pretty much any conference, whether it's local or, or national. All right, Liz, stay with us. We're going to take a commercial break and then the lightning round. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Have you ever considered hiring a property management virtual assistant, but didn't know where to start? Or have you tried hiring a virtual assistant, but you weren't satisfied with the number of qualified applicants? If so, VPM Solutions is here to help. VPM is the world's first virtual talent marketplace dedicated specifically to property management and real estate. We have thousands of talented virtual assistants ready to work for you, including assistants for accounting, leasing, maintenance coordination, rent collections, and much more. With VPM, you can post jobs, screen candidates, hire and pay your virtual assistants, all from within our state-of-the-art platform. VPM is the easy button for hiring and managing your virtual team. And the best part? VPM Solutions is 100% free to employers. That's right, free. No placement fees, no employer markups, and no hidden charges. With VPM, property managers get the talent they need while reducing costs and improving customer service. Visit vpmsolutions.com and create your free account today. Create the best move-in experience for your resident or homeowner. Citizen Home Solutions is a utility concierge service designed to assist with services needing activation prior to moving into a new home. Our experienced team will help eliminate the stress of setting up services. No more calling a long list of service providers to get everything connected and ready for move-in day. Your client will value the white glove service provided on your behalf. True, Citizen Home Solutions assist with utilities, but more importantly, we create an experience that your client will appreciate and love. Our service is free and offers you a revenue share program. Want to know more? Visit pmcpartner.com. All right, welcome back. Liz, are you ready? Like now I'm going to start asking the real hard questions on the lightning round. You ready for the lightning round? Yes. Yes, let's go. All right, here we go. What PM software do you use? Rentvine. How many doors do you manage? 60. <laughs> that means 60, 60 times somebody said no. <laughs> I see where this is going now. Okay. What is the breakdown of types of doors you manage? Single family. Single family. Okay. What is your current organizational structure? Or at um, at Grace, what's the org, what's the org chart org structure? Is it departmental uh, portfolio hybrid. hybrid? Hybrid. Do you use virtual assistants? Not personally. Grace does. Grace does, and now you may start using them for your sixty plus properties. Of course, here's a silly question: Do you have BDMs? Yes, we do. <laughs> what is one piece of advice you would give someone just starting out in the PM business? Join NARPM and get your designation. Nice. Does pineapple belong on pizza? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> what book are you currently reading or have read 
that has impacted your business or life? Oh my gosh. I love reading. I'm reading The Good Company right now. The Good Company? Yes. Do you know the author of By, by Chance? Oh goodness. Um, Atlanta guy owns everything there. He owns the soccer team. He owns, is it blank? No, I think that's the name. <laughs> okay. All right. But I'm going to look that one up. The Good Company. What Disney character do you most associate with? Ariel. I love the water. <laughs> Funny being in Denver, Colorado, but okay. <laughs> what is, I guess that's why Blue Sail has popped back up. Okay. What is one challenge you're currently facing in your business? Other than your PMs won't take those 60 properties off your hands. Well, I guess sales has really been a challenge this year. Uh, uh, investors selling properties. Got it. Especially in Colorado or both, both markets? Especially in Colorado. Yeah. What do you prefer, dogs or cats? Dogs. Dogs. All right. So thank you, Liz, for the lightning round. This is the NARPM podcast. If you're interested in joining NARPM, if you're not a member, please go to narpm.org and you can join up there or you can call at 800-782-3452. If you want to get out, reach out to me, if you want to be on the show, my email is pete at vpmsolutions.com. And this is brought to you by vpmsolutions.com. If you're looking for a virtual assistant, maybe you want to hire a virtual assistant for your BDM, go to vpmsolutions.com. Dot com. Thanks, Liz, for being here. I really appreciate it. It's a great show. Thanks for having me. All right. Bye. This has been a production of the National Association of Residential Property Managers, the recognized leader in property management, along with your host, Pete Newbig, CEO of VPM Solutions, where property management meets global talent. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are that of the host and are not necessarily those of NARPM. If you have a hot topic you'd like discussed on the podcast, please email us at radio at narpum.org. 